The Torah tells us that the mitzvah of Lulav is only on the first day of Sukkot. Minat Torah, a Jew is only required to shake the Lulav on the first day. You should take on the first day the four species and shake them. However, in the time of the Besamikdash, inside the Besamikdash, a Jew who went to pray every day of Sukkot in the Besamikdash, was, it was a mitzvah and was required to shake the rule of all seven days. And we learn from a yamim that you need to rejoice with the lulav when you're in the presence of God, which is inside the Besamikdash, all seven days. So again, in the time of the Besamikdash, inside the Besamikdash, the mitzvah was to shake the lulav every day of Sukkot. Outside the Besamikdash, the mitzvah was only for one day, the first day. Then the Mishnah tells us in Masech Tzukim that after the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, Rabbi Yechon ben Zakkai enacted that the lulav should be shaken every day, everywhere. All Jews, no matter where they are, should shake the lulav every day of Sukkot. It's the way we do today. Why? Zechol Hamikdash. He wanted people not to forget that we had a Beis Hamikdash. And that in the time of the Besamikdash, we shook the Lula for seven days inside the Besamikdash. So he decided that after the Besamikdash is destroyed, in order that we don't forget that we had a Besamikdash and we lost it. So he made us shake the Lula every day. So it will remind us of the Besamikdash. Zeichel Mikdash. Then the Mishnah continues and says, Rabbi Echeb ben Zakkai should know also enacted another thing. Something unrelated to Sukkot, unrelated to Lulav, something related to the time of Pesach. Yom Hanaf Kulay Asa. What does that mean? We know that a Jew is not allowed to eat from the new grain uh, in the spring. You have to wait until the 16th of Nisan, the second day of Pesach, and then the, the Kayan would bring in the Besamikdash a special offering called the Oimer, from flour, from the new crop. And after the Eimer is offered on the 16th of Nisan, Jews were permitted to now enjoy the new grain from the new year. Now, in the Torah, it seems that this suspension of the prohibition from eating from the new crop is contingent on the Koyhanim bringing the Eimer and the Besamikdash. In other words, the 16th of Nisan uh, a Jew wants to eat from the new grain, he has to find out whether the coin already offered the Oimer. Maybe sometime in the middle of the day, whenever they do it, whenever they get around to it. Until the coin doesn't offer the Oimer, you're not allowed to eat from the new grain. There's another passage, though, that says that as soon as the 16th in the morning arrives, a Jew is allowed to eat from the new crop. In one passage, it says, a Jew is supposed to refrain from eating from the new grain until the Koyen offers in the, inside the Besamikdash that flower offering, which is called the Oimer. In another passage, it says, no, 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 a Jew is only supposed to refrain until Etzemayemazeh, soon at the crack of dawn of the 16th of Nisan arrives, a Jew is allowed to eat from the new grain. So the Gemara says it's a contradiction. So the Gemara says in Menachas, it's not a contradiction. It depends. If there is an Oimer, you have to wait for the Oimer. But if there's no Oimer, let's say there's no Beis Amikdash, the offerings are not offered. So then at that time, as soon as the 16th arrives, 
the, the prohibition against eating from the new crop is suspended automatically. Kim Rabbi Yechon ben Zakkai, and he made a new law. He legislated the Yom Hanaf Kulayasa, that Jews, after the Bismarck was destroyed, should refrain from eating from the new grain the entire day of the 16th. They should wait till sundown. And only after sundown of the 16th should they start eating from the new crop. Why is that? Because he said, Mehera Yebona HaMikdash. What if the Bismarck gets built very soon? And when the Bismarck is built, obviously they offer all the offerings again, including the Omer. In which case, Jews now are required to wait, according to the Torah, until the coin offers the Omer. If we're going to allow Jews to eat during the time of Golas, where we don't have a Bismarck, following, according to the Pasuk, that you allow to eat right away at dawn, since there's no Omer that day, so the day itself, as soon as the 16th arrives, you allow to eat from the from the new crop. And Jews are going to do this year after year. And then when Mashiach comes, they build, the Mesopotamia is rebuilt. They won't remember that now, since there's a Besamikdash and there's an Oymah, they have to wait until the coin offers the Oymah. They'll be used to eating right away in the morning. For breakfast, they eat from the new grain. So Abiyah Mazaka said, listen, let's be uh, cautious. And Jews should refrain from eating from the new crop the entire day of the 16th. So when Mashiach comes and the Bismarck is built, will be prepared. Now, <laughs> good, we know, we see that Rabbi Yechem Mazakai enacted two separate enactments. One dealing with Lulav, about taking the Lulav for seven days. And the other one is dealing with the prohibition of eating from the new grain, that the Jews should not eat from the new grain until the end of the day of the 16th. The question is, why is that second enactment mentioned in this Mishnah? The Mishnah is in Mesech Tesukah, in Perik Lulav HaGazel, dealing with the laws of Lulav. Why is the Mishnah bothering to mention, oh, you should know, Rabbi Yechem also enacted this thing about the Omer. And Teresus asked the question, Rabbi Yechem instituted many things. It's not the only two enactments that is attributed to Rabbi Yechem why is then the Mishnah mentioning this second extra enactment that has nothing to do with Lulav? says Teisves that apparently Rabbi Yechem ben Zakkai enacted these two things at the same day. In one sitting, but whenever he instituted this practice of shaking the Lulav for seven days, he also proceeded to enact this law about the Omer, that Jews should wait till the end of the 16th of Nisan and refrain from eating from the new grain. The question is, why would Rabbi Yechem Zakkai enact these two things together? I mean, we're dealing with two separate practices that are two separate parts of the year, separate holidays, six months apart. Why did Rabbi Yechem Zakkai engage in the enactment of both these two practices? Dafke these two. So there is a beautiful vote from one of the Gere Rebbes, in the Imre Emes. This is a beautiful vote. Rabbi Yechem instituted that Jews should shake the Lula for seven days, even though in the Torah says, by Yom So he says, because inside the Besamikdash, once upon a time, we used to shake the Lula for seven days. So Rabbi Yechem says, it's important to create a memorial 
as the Gemara says, it's a mitzvah for Jews to always remember Tzion hi doirish einlo. The Gemara says that uh, the, the Navi says, you know, nobody thinks about the Beis HaMikdash anymore. People have forgotten. And Hashem wants us to remember the Beis HaMikdash. So, Rabbi Yechem created a practice that will remind us every Sukkot that we once had a Beis HaMikdash, and unfortunately we lost it. He created a memorial. And that's very disheartening because when you see Rabbi Yechem the leader of the Jewish people, and acts something that will serve as a memorial, like a museum. What do you put in a museum? Something of the distant past that you don't expect to come back anytime soon. So you, you create a museum, a memorial. If Rabbi Echa creates a memorial for the Beis Amigdash through the practice of Lulav, seven days, it gives us the sense that we shouldn't expect the Beis Amigdash to come back anytime soon. And therefore, we create a memorial. So that's very depressing. So Rabbi Yechem immediately, at the same time, instituted another practice. That when it comes on Nisan, and Jews want to know when they can start eating from the new crop, they should know we should refrain from eating the entire day of the 16th, even though the Torah says he can do it right away in the morning. Because what if the Bishamiklis is going to be rebuilt today? And we're going to bring the Omer, and then you're going to have to wait for the Omer. So here again, he gave Jews a sense also of hope. Know that we, as Jews, we live in great anticipation that the Bishamikish will be built very soon. So here, by instituting and acting these two things, the Bishamizaki gave us a very balanced sense of how we should relate to the Bishamikdash. On the one hand, we're told to mourn the past and to remember the past. But the purpose of the, the, the mourning and the pain and the tears are not to just indulge in our own misery. The purpose is to take that memory and build a future. We have to remember the past in order to learn the lessons and inspire ourselves to how to build for the future because the future is very near. This is the meaning of Abir Hamzake doing these two things in the same day. So to give us a sense of remembering the past, but to remember the past only as a way, as a bridge to prepare for the imminent future.